welcome to Bangor Community Church Podcast. We pray that you will be blessed today as you hear the Word of God. Praise God. So that was Holy Ghost speaking through Michaela, standing room only in our Tuesday night prayer meeting. Who would love to see that? Amen. Hallelujah. Full of prayers and would believe that those people coming in and are, you know, getting saved, they'll have that heart to pray. Hallelujah. More and more. And, you know, we can believe that you know, when we're praying um, as leaders and praying. I know mom and dad tell, tell many a time that, you know, we didn't have people in the church here that were technical and that were creative and gifted and things like that for a time. And uh, they really prayed them in. Hallelujah. So let's pray in prayers. Let's pray in people that are giving their hearts to the Lord that have got a heart to pray. And we're going to have them standing room only in prayer. Hallelujah. And see a lot of things done and accomplished for the glory of God. Praise God. Well, let's pray as we come to the word this morning. Father, we just thank you and we praise you for Jesus, and we thank you that Jesus is his word, as we open this word, that there's impartation and revelation by Holy Spirit. We thank you, we welcome you, Holy Spirit, that you would just impart to us what we need to hear this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. So I said on Tuesday night that um, we'll be starting a new series. We've, We've left our series in faith for the time being, and this morning we're starting a new series on on Holy Spirit, ministry of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. So um, I love, anytime I can get ministering, I love to be able to minister about Holy Spirit. And um, the very outset, I want to say, if you do not know, Holy Spirit is a person. And you may say, well, Pastor Karen, that is so basic. Well, there was a time in my life that I did not realize in a great way, the Holy Spirit was a person. So I want to just tell you from my experience and, and what Holy Spirit now means to me. And um, so I got saved when I was around five years old. Fourteen years old, I received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And maybe as the weeks go on, I'll tell you a little bit more about my experience receiving baptism of the Holy Spirit. But we get fast forward, and I was about 25, 26, and um, I don't know how I came to read it, but I read the book Good Morning Holy Spirit by Benny Hinn. Anybody heard of that book? Good Morning Holy Spirit by Benny Hinn. If you've not read that book, I encourage you, read that book. Where's the young people here? Raise your hands, young people. One, two, three. Hi, Jim's trying to slip in there. Get the book. Good morning, Holy Spirit. It's an easy read. You'll love it. And it will really make sense to you. And through that book, the Holy Spirit himself just opened up his person to me and just revolutionized my walk. My walk completely, even though I'd grown up um, with my siblings in a ministry family. I saw a lot of things, saw a lot of, you know, dealings of the workings of the Holy Spirit, working through other people, but I still had not grasped the ministry of the Holy Spirit until I read the book. And when I did, wow, I have just been on a journey. Holy Spirit and I are still on that journey, and we will always be, always be, until I meet Jesus, and then that journey continues. And, um, you know, even recently, he'll, he'll say things like, you know, 
I'm training you, Karen. I'm teaching you. I'm training. That's his job. So the scripture says the Holy Spirit is a teacher. He's our teacher. He guides us into all truth. And we're going to look at these things in, the, in more detail in the, the coming weeks. Holy Spirit gives us things to say, gives us wisdom. He knows everything about our future. So the best thing we can do is learn to hear his voice, learn to be led by him. And we're going to look at that. So um, not long after I'd read that book, Good Morning Holy Spirit, I got the opportunity to go on my first missions trip to Philippines. We heard some of that last week. And um, Mike and Nympha had already met each other in a previous missions trip. And this one that, that, that I was on, they were having their wedding. So we traveled out with Mike. He was going out to meet Nympha. And they were going to be married, and they wanted Dad to marry them. And I happened to be on that trip. And uh, Nympha and I had become friends because she'd come over here for a while. And I was one of her, I think, five or eight bridesmaids over there. So it was lovely to be a bridesmaid in Philippines. But during that time, I think Joy said to last week, you know, on your missions trip with Dad, you would just be told where you're going. doesn't matter if you've preached before, prayed with anyone before, testified before you were going to do it on the missions trip well that was okay but I had not preached before I mean I remember the biggest group that I had maybe addressed was we used to have this place full of young people and I was a few years older than them and they'd asked me to come and teach and tithe and offer I think it was um, but other than that um, it was just maybe small groups and testified and things like that I never preached to a congregation before and I was told to go to the island where Nympha's church was. Nympha was similar age to me, so she's about 25, 26. And there she is pastoring alone, young female pastor, pastoring alone. And this, now we're already in the island of Samar, so you have to travel by this little boat, you know, with the little, the little outriggers on, over to this other little island where there's no toilets, there's no plumbing, there's... There's nothing. That was back then. And that was where her church was. And that little church was really alive. And I got to preach there. And I remember going, what am I going to preach on? And it just came to me, obviously, by Holy Spirit, where your dad always preaches on, uh, the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy. So because I had dad, and he able to give me some notes. And so dad gave me some notes. And off I went to do my best to preach. But I remember uh, Nympha was interpreting for me, a lot of young people in that church, and um, I gave the word. And then after, I found myself given an altar call. And a lot of you, I think it was primarily for the young people to come forward. And I remember the old, it was just packed, just a whole big row packed, just jam-packed, no social distancing then. And um, I thought, oh, no, what am I to do? <laughs> what am I to do? And I just want you to sort of, go on that journey. So I came to the first one and, you know, I was going to copy what I've seen before and so I, I came to lay my hands on the first one and all of a sudden I hear in the spirit, don't touch them until I say. I go, I knew it was Holy Spirit, don't touch them until I say. And so Holy Spirit started to give me things to pray over them and then he said, no, you can lay your hands on. When I, when I touched that person, bam, they went on the floor. Now, I'm not saying, bam, they went to the floor, that that's the be-all and end-all. That is nothing. That's just the power of God, the power of the Holy Ghost comes on you. Sometimes this flesh can't stand up, and you end up on the floor, okay? 
So whether you go on the floor or not is not important. But I'm just saying this is what happened. Go to the next one. And so this time I wasn't going to touch them because last time Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit says, put your hand in your head. And bam, they were out. Didn't even have to pray. And so I went along the line until it came to about the fifth one. Holy Spirit said, oh. Now I had seen Benny Hinn back in those days, you know, it was the 80s, 90s. And he'd go, so I didn't have the migraine, but I just, oh, okay. I was a little bit embarrassed, but I just started going. I was hoping my breath was okay. And the next thing, bam, they're done. And I went right along that line. I tell you, it was the most exciting thing I'd ever experienced in my life. And what was it? It was cooperating with the Holy Spirit. And from that day, that was me. I was sold. I was going to flow with Holy Ghost. Flow with the Holy Ghost. Listen to the Holy Spirit as best I could from then on. And that's where I just want to start as we teach, start teaching a little bit about the ministry of Holy Spirit today. So I want to really say, you know, and, and we're going to look at some scriptures about Jesus. He was dependent. When he walked on the earth, he was dependent on Holy Spirit, fully dependent. Everything he did was by the power of Holy Spirit. John, our first scripture, John and chapter 7. John chapter 7 and verse 37 to 39, Jesus teaching. He said, now on the last and the most important day of the feast, Jesus stood and he called out in a loud voice. He said, if anyone is thirsty, let him come and drink. And he who believes in me, who this is the amplified, who adheres to, trusts in, relies on me, as the Spirit has said, from his innermost being, or some translations will say, from his belly, will flow. Say flow. Turn to your neighbor and say flow. Will flow. Continually. Continually. So it will flow continually. Rivers of living water. Now the next verse explains this. Verse 39. But he was speaking of Holy Spirit whom those who believed in him as Savior were to receive afterward because the Spirit had not yet been given, because Jesus was not yet glorified. So after Jesus' death and resurrection, he was going to be seated at the right hand of the Father, and then he was going to send Holy Spirit and day of Pentecost, all that happened. But it taught, Jesus is talking about the Holy Spirit here, and these rivers are going to flow out, of your innermost being, he's, te- he's talking to the people, saying, this is what I experience. And there's going to come a time when you accept Jesus as Savior and the Holy Spirit is poured out, you're going to experience the same. And if you look at that word flow in the Greek, it implies a rushing stream so full that it actually overflows its banks. So that's that word flow. Turn to your neighbor and say flow. That is the way we have to be. Flow, flowing, flowing. So when we come to prayer, you hear a lot in prayer, let's flow together in prayer and worship. We want to flow because there's rivers of living water going to be bursting out of us. And that flow, amen? So that's Jesus describing his relationship, this continual flow, and he was dependent on Holy Spirit. And if Jesus depended 
on Holy Spirit, do you think we need to? Yes. I need to. We need to depend on him. So um, if we turn to Luke in chapter 1, Luke chapter 1, Jesus, I want to show you that all of Jesus' ministry, Holy Ghost was involved. So right at the outset, we know Holy Spirit was involved. Luke chapter 1, starting in verse 34, I'm reading from New King James. Um, So this is when the angel come to Mary and said, you're going to um, have a son, Jesus. And, And verse 34, then Mary said to the angel, how can this be, since I do not know a man? And the angel answered and said to her, the Holy Spirit, right at the beginning, will come upon you and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore also the Holy Spirit who is born will be called the Son of God. The Holy One, sorry, the Holy One who is born will be called the Son of God. Now, indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, Elizabeth was her cousin, has also conceived a son in her old age and is now in the sixth month for her who was called barren. For with God nothing will be impossible. And it was, you know, I love reading about Elizabeth and Zacharias. And if you just go back to, in that chapter, to verse 6 and 7, Luke chapter 1, 6 and 7, talking about Elizabeth and her husband Zacharias, they were both righteous before God, walking in all the commandments and ordinances of the Lord blameless. They were blameless, yet they had no child. And it was a big desire in their heart. They were believing for a child because Elizabeth was barren. And they yet they were both advanced in years. So back then to verse 37, Elizabeth had conceived, she was in her sixth month. Verse 37, for with God, nothing will be impossible. I tell you again, what are you believing God for? What has he promised? What in his word has he said? If the promise is in the word, what promises are you have you taken? Are you holding on? What maybe somebody's prophesied over you? And you've got that word. Are you taking that? Maybe it's not come to pass. Maybe there hasn't been a fulfillment of it all. But it will. Whatever God has promised, there will be a fulfillment of it. With God, nothing is impossible. And verse 38, then Mary said, Behold, the maidservant of the Lord, let it be according to your word. I love what Mary, she just received that word. God, you said it. I receive it. It's mine. I take it now. It's mine. So whenever somebody prophesies over you that you trust, you trust in the Spirit. Because, you know, I don't want to get sidetracked, but people have prophesied over me, and I have known it's not been of the Lord. Why? Why do you know that? Because it did not witness with me. Anytime a prophetic word is given, there should be a witness, there should be, and maybe it's something in the future and you've not conceived it before, but it doesn't come in as a big alarm bell. There's a peace with it. But if you don't have that peace and doesn't witness with you, you, you put that on the back shelf and you don't give it a lot of thought. Okay? So if somebody prophesies over you that you trust, then, and this word itself, when you're reading it, you see a promise, you say, yes, that's mine. I take it now. And that's what she did. Let it be to me according to your word. I trust you, God. And the angel departed from her. And then Mary rose in those days and went to the hill country with haste to a city of Judah and entered the house of Zacharias and greeted Elizabeth. 
And it happened when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary that the babe leapt in her womb. So there was a recognition. There was, you know, that wee baby leapt in her womb and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. There's a ministry of Holy Ghost. Jesus conceived the Holy Ghost. Now Mary comes in and immediately that little baby witnessed, and we know the wee baby was John the Baptist, witnessed with that. That's my Savior. He leapt. And and Elizabeth was there filled with the Holy Spirit. And then what happened? When you're filled with the Spirit, things happen. Let's say that again. When you're filled with the Spirit, things happen. You can't but not prophesy. If you're not prophesying, if you're not uh, seeing the sick healed, if you're not, then you're not filled with the Spirit. Because when you're filled with the Spirit, something happens. And we want to see the gifts of the Spirit functioning, don't we? In this house, in prayer meeting, in the streets, in our workplaces, in our homes. So immediately she's filled with the Spirit and she started to prophesy. Verse 30 to 42 said, and then she spoke out in a loud voice. She says, blessed are you among women and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why is it granted to me that the mother of my Lord, there she's confirming, she's carrying my Savior, the mother of my Lord should come to me for indeed as soon as the voice of the greeting sounded in my ears, the babe leapt in my womb for joy. Um, verse 45, blessed is she who believed for there will be a fulfillment of those things which were told her from the Lord. So that's a wonderful verse to take that. You can take that verse and you can write that down notebook somewhere and you can stand on that verse and say, blessed am I who believe for there will be a fulfillment of what God has spoken to me. Amen. So um, let's turn over then to look in chapter 2. And here you see that we had Simeon, a priest, and Anna, a prophetess, and they came and they prophesied over Jesus at his dedication. So look, chapter 2, starting at 21, and says, so Jesus was eight days old here, and when, when eight days were completed, the circumcision of the child, his name was called Jesus, the name given by an angel before he was conceived in the womb. Now when the days of her purification according to the law of Moses were completed, They brought him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. It was his dedication. And as it is written in the law of the Lord, every male who opens the womb shall be called holy to the Lord and to offer according to what is said in the law of the Lord. Verse 25, And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and this man was just and devout. I tell you, when you walk righteously before the Lord, you will not miss anything. Nothing. He was just and he was devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. Because remember, this was Old Testament days, and all through Old Testament, the Holy Spirit came upon. It wasn't until Jesus sent Holy Spirit, Jesus died, that the Holy Spirit came in and dwelt. Verse 26, and it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he'd seen the Lord's Christ. There was a promise for him. Been revealed to him, Simeon, you're not going to see death. You're not going to die until you see the Lord's Christ. Well, he obviously believed it. This word, whenever it came, he obviously took it. 
And we know that because he got what he took. He got what he received. He got the word he was standing on. Isn't that right? It comes into our faith. By faith you take it, you receive that word and you believe it. Verse 27, and he came in. How did he come? By the Spirit. In other words, he was led by the Spirit into the temple at that very time when Jesus is being dedicated. My. And when the parents brought the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law, Simeon took him up in his arms and he blessed him. And God said, he prophesied over them, Lord, now you're letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared before the face of all peoples, a light to bring revelation to the Gentiles and glory of your people Israel. And Joseph and the mother and his mother marveled at those things which were spoken of him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary his mother, Behold, this child is destined for the fall and the rising of many in Israel, and for a sign which will be spoken against, again prophesying. Yes, a sword will pierce through your own soul also, that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed. So that was Simeon. He got what he believed for. He got what, it, what the Lord had said. Uh, he received that and he prophesied over Jesus. And then verse 36. Now there was one, Anna, a prophetess, the daughter of Phanuel of the tribe of Asher. And she was a great age and had lived with her husband seven years from her virginity. And this woman was a widow of about 84 years who did not depart from the temple but serve God with fastings and prayers night and day. Now, you know, these people were waiting for Messiah. And what a privilege it was for the shepherds and the kings and these two to come in. It could have been anybody. It could have been any of the priests in Jerusalem. But these were faithful. These are highlighted here for a reason. And um, coming in that instant again by the Spirit, she gave thanks to the Lord and spoke of him to all who looked for redemption in Jerusalem. So in other words, she was able to say, she confirmed, this is my Lord, we have Messiah here. And she was able to say, I've seen Messiah. Isn't that awesome? There's the work of the Holy Spirit there at Jesus' conception and um, dedication when, she, when Mary went to um, Elizabeth. So then in Matthew 3 and 11, um, John the Baptist is talking about Jesus and, and his ministry. Matthew 3 and 11 says, I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance, but he, talking of Jesus, who is coming after me, is mightier than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. He will. So um, praise God. John for telling about Jesus coming and that Jesus will baptize with the Holy Spirit. There's a Holy Spirit's ministry again. And John, same chapter, Matthew 3 and verse 16 and 17 says, Jesus is about 30 years old. Here, this is when his ministry is just beginning. And John the Baptist baptized him. And when John had baptized, or when Jesus had been baptized, Jesus came up immediately from the water 
And behold, the heavens were opened to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove, alighting upon him. And suddenly a voice came from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son, in whom I'm well pleased. So Jesus was empowered by Holy Spirit right here. And if Jesus needed to be empowered by Holy Spirit, we do. We do. Just after this then, Jesus was led by the Spirit. Matthew 4, 1, you'll see that. Jesus was led by the Spirit. said then, Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And so he went into the wilderness. We know he was tempted 40 days and 40 nights. And after that, Luke chapter 4, verse 14 says, Then Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit to Galilee. And news of him went throughout all the surrounding region. So he returned in the power of the Spirit. Jesus needed the power of the Spirit. We need the power of the Holy Ghost. So um, Jesus stated over and over that his ministry was a result of the Holy Ghost's power, Holy Spirit's power. If we turn to look. And chapter 4 and verse 18, it says, Jesus went into the temple and he turned up and the scroll was handed to him and he opened the scroll and it just happened to be because they, they had a continual reading plan. And when Jesus came into the temple to read, it happened to be at this place where was the next place where they to read from. And it was actually Isaiah 61. But here, look, 4 and 18 is quoting here. Jesus read, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. In other words, he's now speaking of himself. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, recovery of sight to the blind, and to set liberty at liberty those who are oppressed. Do you know that is our ministry today? That is our ministry today by Holy Spirit. That's for us. Amen? We've been sent, we've been anointed, and we're sent to preach the gospel we're sent to share our, our story, share that good news, whether it's in school, college, workplace, in our homes, neighbors, wherever that is. We're to proclaim liberties to captives. We're to proclaim those that are fearful. Listen, you don't have to be afraid. Let me introduce you to a Holy Spirit. Let me introduce you to Jesus. To proclaim liberty or sight to the blind. Deaf ears open and to set at liberty those who are oppressed. That's our ministry. Hebrews 9 and 14 then says, When Jesus went to the cross, he did it through the power of Holy Spirit. So Hebrews 9 and 14 says, For by the power of the eternal Spirit, Christ offered himself to God as a perfect sacrifice for our sins. So you can see Jesus depended, his, his, his birth began, his ministry began by Holy Spirit, he was empowered by Holy Spirit, and the very fact that he was enabled to go and offer himself through the power of Holy Spirit. And then finally, once he died and was resurrected, again, he was seated at the right hand of the Father, then he poured out Holy Spirit in the church on the day of Pentecost. So you see very clearly Jesus and the Holy Spirit worked very closely together. They were partners. 
And if he needed to work closely with Holy Spirit, Jesus needed to, we need to. Amen? We can't do it on our own. We can't do what religion says. We can't do what we've seen somebody else do. Our partners should be a Holy Spirit. I remember reading a book by, um, I don't know if it's Paul, Paul or David Youngie Cho, and um, Good Mo- uh, no, not Good Morning. Anyway, forget the name of the book. But in the book, he talks about um, Holy Spirit, my senior partner. And ever since I read that book, most days I will say in my prayer time, Holy Spirit, you're my senior partner. I'm your junior partner. What are we going to do today? Holy Spirit, you're the pastor of the church. You are the pastor of the church. I'm an under-shepherd under you. You're my pastor. You're the pastor. Amen? So I have a partnership with Holy Spirit because he has sent, Holy Spirit indwells us to help us fulfill our destiny, to help us fulfill all that God wants for us, to help us to have a victorious life, to help us to have a successful life, to help us to have a, an overcoming life. No matter what obstacle comes, Holy Spirit will help us to be that overcomer, give us the wisdom that we need, helping us to wait and make wise decisions. And just before we close, I just want to quickly take a look at the work of Holy Spirit at salvation, assembly's salvation. So John, um, chapter 4, verse 44 says, and this is Jesus saying, he says, no one can come to me unless the Father sent me draws him. No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him. Well, do you know who does the drawing? Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit does the drawing. In John chapter 16, verse 8, we're going to be looking at these some of these chapters in the next few weeks. If you want to know a lot about the ministry of the Holy Spirit, John chapter 14, 15, and 16. Read that, read that, read that. There's so much in there about Holy Spirit. But John 16, verse 8 says, And Jesus was teaching his disciples at the time. He said, when he has come, talking of Holy Spirit, he will convict the world of sin. You know it's not our job to convict anyone. It is not our job. It's the Holy Spirit convicts. We cannot. We cannot bring conviction to somebody's heart. Even if we go out of our way, and we should never do it to point out their faults, we cannot bring that conviction. People are blinded. Their eyes are, they've got that, the, Second Corinthians says, talks about the veil that's over people's eyes. And so the only body who can lift, the only one who can lift that veil off their eyes is the Holy Spirit. And that's why we need to partner with Him because He needs us to be able to preach that good news, to be able to share with people. But, and, or whether you bring them to a church service or, or something, they need to hear the word. And as they hear the word then, Holy Spirit works to bring them to a point of conviction, a point of nakedness before, before God, a point of realizing, I can't save myself. A point of seeing their whole life for what it is and knowing they need him. And only at that point then can that person truly decide, I will make a choice for Jesus or not. And it's a sad day when somebody's brought by the Holy Spirit to a place of conviction and they walk away. And you know often why a lot of people walk away? It's because they prefer somebody more than him. In other words, what about my partner? What about my spouse? 
What about my child? If I give my heart to the Lord, what about them? But thank God for those that are brought to that place of conviction and when they do, they say yes. And they say, Jesus, come into my heart and Jesus comes in. It's the Holy Spirit moves in. And at that time, so you know, Second Corinthians 5 and 17, Behold, things of all, all things have passed away and all things have become new and you've become a new creature in Christ Jesus. And that spirit becomes born again, completely brand new, a work of Holy Spirit. That person is transferred from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of God's dear son, from spiritual death into spiritual life. This is why we have to partner with the Holy Spirit. He needs us. He needs us to to share the word. He needs us to bring people into a place where they're going to hear the word. And then the Holy Spirit brings that conviction. This is why he needs us at prayer, whether it's a Tuesday night worship team prayer or other times when departments get together and pray. Prayer is so important in your own time. Prayer, so this is why he needs us to pray. What word do you want me to go? What have I to do today? God, help me not to miss an opportunity. Help me to see. Help me to hear. Help me to know that person is ready for you right now or just to know I'm, I'm going to give this word to this person. And it could be the seed, but you know what? Maybe a month later somebody waters that and they, that they came to the, they come to the Lord there and then. All our parts are important, whether we're sowing seed or whether we're watering, whether we're seeing them come to the Lord right now, or whether we're discipling them after. It's just all working together. But it's with partnership with Holy Spirit. And it's so exciting. You know, people, they're going to need us more and more and more. More and more. The enemy will tell you, this place cannot be filled. He's a lion, dirty, cheat and if you ever hear this place will not be filled you say haha if you've told me that it's because the opposite is true if he's trying to lie to you to tell you this place will not be filled it's because he does not want the will of God done so always do that see any anything you hear and it's just just, that's a lie I wonder why he's telling me that because the opposite is true turn it around and go, aha, you've given me something. I know something now. When you hear, she'll never get healed. Oh, really? Oh, that means because she will get healed. It's so easy, isn't it? Just flip it around and go, thank you. See how much he comes to lie to you over and over every time you flip it around, you get fed up. So praise God, let's have the worship team up. And um, Next week we're going to just carry on just looking at this. We're going to maybe look into how, what Jesus taught. Today I just wanted to show you how Jesus worked, how he needed Holy Spirit, and the fact that he needed Holy Spirit, we do. He was empowered by Holy Spirit. We need to be empowered by Holy Spirit. Thank you for joining us. We look to God that he will direct your steps and blessings through this week. For more information, visit us at bangercommunitychurch.co.uk or find us on Facebook.